Welcome to the Canicuck Institute podcast, where we continue to equip leaders with biblical skills for a lifetime of ministry. Hello, this is Keith Chancey with the Canicuck Institute coming at you today live from Branson, Missouri. And I've got in the box today with me a guy named David Daniels. And I'm going to tell you something. This is one fired up young man who loves Jesus and he loves God's word. He's been here teaching this week on some subjects that he may talk about. But I'm going to tell you something. He has done a fabulous job because he's a fabulous teacher. And as we talk about the gifts that God gives, it's amazing to see how God uses certain individuals to fulfill God's plan making a difference in our world for Christ. And David Daniels, you are one of those guys. And so will you guys please welcome David Daniels in the office right now? Uh, thank you. Thank you. You honor me. I appreciate it. the best thing that you just said out of everything you just said is that you called me young. And uh, so I'm grateful you are a young for man, that. Bro. Oh, I don't know. My <laughs> hair, my hair betrays that. That's right. <laughs> well, David, I, I, uh, I'm sitting here and I'm looking at your book. Man, you, you wrote a book. This is your, this is, I think your fifth book that you've written. And this one right here is called An Unexpected King Out of the Gospel of Mark. Yeah. Bro, I've seen the other things you've written, you know, next church type stuff, uh, next uh, church discipleship, and 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 I, I see that. But I want to talk today about this, An Unexpected King. Where, why is that uh, title important to you? You know, I think when we read the Gospels, and of course, each of the Gospel writers, they write from a different framework, yeah. but they in large measure, present Jesus as a Messiah that nobody expected. You know, the Jews during the time of Jesus really expected much more of a political, military Mm -hmm. guy. They'd been under, you know, Babylonian oppression, followed by the Medo-Persians, and then the Greeks, and then the Romans, Mm -hmm. and they were a people without a governor and a a king, and they were were looking. Messiah for them was the guy that was going to come in and he was going to take over, ascend his throne, establish a government, and make everything right. And so when Jesus appeared on the scene, and he was loving sinners, and he was questioning their use of the law, and he was telling them it was okay to pay taxes to Caesar, yeah. they just, I think the disciples just pulled out their hair and said, this is this is not the yeah. guy we were expecting. Mm. You know, you have just brought out a lot of things that you just said about the king. And his name is Jesus. That's right. And boy, I tell you, I love that. You know, and as you, you've been a pastor for how many years you've been a pastor? Gosh, it's been, it's been 30 years. You know, as you as a pastor, what, you know, and you've written that book on the church and discipleship. What is going on in the church today? Because I'm going to come back to Mark in just a second, but I want to hear you talk about the church for just a second. You know, I think the church, in my humble opinion, and and I will say there's a lot of guys that are thinking a whole lot better about this than Uh I am. But I think the church is being purified right now. Okay. I think that COVID revealed, uh, for many of us in the church, it revealed our idols. We discovered that our idols were flexibility and our idols were our finances and our idols were our kids and even idols of sports and, you know, the freedom to go to the theater. And we had all these different idols and suddenly COVID stripped away those idols and we were forced to have to wrestle with what is most important? And if, and if the things that we thought were important were, were taken away from us, wh- what does that leave? And what it left was Jesus is still on his oh, throne. Yeah. No matter what takes place, you know, uh, medically or politically or sociologically or financially in the world, 
when all of that when all of that is said and done, Jesus is still king. Mm-hmm. He still is bringing a kingdom, and the only thing that you and I can count on is Jesus. That's the only thing we can place our bets on. Well, you know, a lot of people during COVID and during the last couple of years have fallen away from the church. They got hooked on podcasts like oh, yeah. this today, and they begin to listen to their favorite pastor. And Christianity they, on demand. Yes, Christianity right? on demand. And so they walked away from the church. If you were going to talk to the people today, right now, they're out there in the, that have kind of not really walked away from the church, but they're not really going back to the church with the yeah. same fervency that they once did. What would you say to them, David? I would I'd say a couple of things. First of all, I tell them they are missing out on a very exciting season of Jesus's church. Because I think in this purifying season, the church has, many churches have come back to, okay, yeah. what is the thing that is most important? And in my opinion, a lot of what's going on in local churches right now is more exciting than it's been for a mm-hmm. long time. Mm-hmm. So they are missing out on being present for God showing up and doing some pretty amazing mm-hmm. things in a, in. in in, in the church. But I would also say to those individuals that they are missing out on all of what God wants to do in them. Mm. You know, I had, I had a fella uh, teach one time, and I, uh, this was a very helpful thing for me. When you and I think about the times in our spiritual life that have been most formative, the times where God really got a hold of our heart and He changed the direction of our, our, our lives, or maybe we, we begin to see things in a little different way, most often, those turning points in our life were in the context of community. Mm-hmm. It was in a Bible study. Right. It was in a home group. It was at a conference. It was at camp. Mm-hmm. It was something where we were with other people of God in who were in different places, all marching, mm-hmm. we were all marching in the same direction, mm-hmm. right? And God used those experiences to really transform us. Mm-hmm. So what I, I say about our church is oftentimes the greatest thing that will happen at Central Bible Church this week is not going to be the sermon and the worship service on Sunday morning. It's going to be the connection of God's people sitting next to one another, worshiping and opening up the Word and wrestling and arguing about text. Mm -hmm. That's going to be where God really shows Mm -hmm. up. And I think people sitting at home watching a worship service with a plate of bacon are missing out on what God could do in their life. It may look more convenient. Sure it is. But it's definitely not doing what we need to to build us up with fellowship and that community. Yeah. You know what, uh, David, I love that you said that because I really believe, you know, Chad and I have been doing a series here on the spiritual gifts. And what people aren't able to do when they sit at home is they're not able to develop and use their spiritual gifts. That's right. And so when we get involved in the local church and in ministry, we can begin to see ourselves flourishing, whether it be a teacher or a, you know, a prophetic person or a, a, a merciful person, right. where your gifts just are missing it because you're sitting there going, man, I'm just tired of the church. That's right. So I love that. And I love how you've brought together. And the reason I went to that point of the church is because I agree with what you just said. If the people are missing the church, they may be missing Jesus too. Yes. Because, and that's why I love this book that you've written on, on the king. Because if we've got to pull these together, you can't go one without the other. That's right. You know, that's right. Jesus himself wants us involved in the church. And, and I'll say as well, there, there is an intangible, existential thing that happens live that you can't get on live stream. Mm-hmm. I have people that, you know, trickle back in after COVID to our church and they say, wow, I've been, you know, I've been watching church services now for three years and I finally decided, well, I guess we ought to come back. Mm-hmm. And they come up to me after a worship service and they say, wow, I, I had for, 
forgotten mm-hmm. how much different mm-hmm. and better this is to be in the room yes. and to be sensitive to the Spirit of God and to sing together with my brothers and sisters and all of what God does. There's, you, you, you just can't get that yeah. in the living room. I agree 100%. You know, David, I want to ask you a question because I want to, I, I want you to help us out in the audience because you know that you, you've helped me understand that church is important. Christ is the most important thing. And if I'm walking to Christ, I need to go put my gifts back in the church and the fellowship of really helping others to know Christ more. David, as you've, as we've all gone through COVID, what's been the biggest trial that God has taken you or your family through? The biggest trial yeah. in COVID or the biggest trial Period. beyond that? Yeah. You know, I think the biggest trial that I've experienced in my life was parenting my kids. Mm. I was talking with a couple of these institute young adults yeah. over dinner last night. And they said, okay, what parenting advice would you give? And I said to them, I, I'm not sure I'd be the person you should ask. Because I look back, and I think this is true of a lot yeah. of parents. You look yeah. back and you go, Lord, I really wish I had a do-over. Mm. And I could I could recalibrate mm-hmm. th- things. And, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. Mm-hmm. You can always look back. Mm-hmm. I would say the biggest challenge was walking through some very difficult seasons with some of my children. Yeah. And... And really saying to the Lord, you know, there's even a part of me, you know, come on, Lord, I, 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 you know, I've been doing ministry and, you know, I've scratched your back and now yeah. I kind of need you to yeah. scratch mine. Mm-hmm. I mean, even, even in ministry, you can still think these things yeah. that are not, not the best way to think and needing to, needing God to show up powerfully in my kids' lives and not seeing it at the timetable or in the exact way that I really wanted. And I still look back and, and can say that, mm-hmm. that's been a painful part mm-hmm. of my life. So let's, let's just, Play that a little bit. Yeah. We're going to give you a redo. Sure. What would you do with your kids differently? You know, they asked me that last night. <laughs> so, I had, so, I, so I got to be prepared for you. Good your, for you. Yeah, Good for you. Ask it. You know, I, I think if I were to really sit down, spend some time alone and really diagnose mm-hmm. and go back mm-hmm. through the, the tapes, there might be some other things that I would say. But I think the, the thing that came comes to mind for me is that I think I would lead with more grace and generosity. Mm. Those two principles, more grace and generosity. Mm. Um, grace to allow my kids to just be who they are. Mm-hmm. Give them just more freedom, more freedom. I tend to be a you know pretty wound tight guy, okay. type A and that sort of thing. And I think I would have just kind of let things fall to the mm-hmm. wayside that just mm-hmm. didn't need to be. And to that principle... Keith, praise the Lord. He does not point out everything in my life I've done wrong. Right. <laughs> isn't that great? That is a, that's a very a praiseworthy it, 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 statement Isn't that there. great that yeah. he, there are only some things, and you're like, Lord, why mm-hmm. didn't you pull out, point out that sentence? Like, well, that wasn't the main thing I wanted mm-hmm. to deal with right now. Mm-hmm. So I think there'd be more grace. And I think as well, I would be exceptionally generous, mm-hmm. more generous mm-hmm. with my children, investing in experiences with them. Mm-hmm. Um you know, I, I say I say to my kids, and we we laughed about this a little bit. I, I I would have I would have bought dessert more often at restaurants. You know, yeah, let's all have dessert. You know, and instead of watching all the the dimes and dollars and time and and I would have, I think there would just been greater freedom with grace and generosity. Mm. I tell you what, I love what you just said because I guarantee there's a lot of families out there going, we're doing the same thing. We're we're a little bit too retensive on some things and not grace in others. So thank you for sharing that. You know, as you, as we conclude, um, 
When did you become a Christian, David? I came to know the Lord uh, a month before my high school graduation. I was 17 years old. I was raised in the church, Mm -hmm. so I knew religion. I just didn't know Jesus. Talk to me about that. What does that mean? For me, I had gone through the activities Mm -hmm. of religion. Mm -hmm. I was... My family had been pretty faithful in going to the church we went to, and I heard a lot of creeds and songs, and I had the experience that there is a big God somewhere out there. Mm -hmm. And I was like a lot of people, I think, uh, prior to meeting Jesus, I was thinking that if I just try a little harder, I just got to try a little harder, do a little bit more, and hopefully I can be at the 51% mark. I just need to... In fact, the, my, my friend that shared the gospel with me, the night he shared the gospel, he said, David, I want to ask you a couple of questions. If you die tonight, would you go to heaven? And I thought about it a minute, and I said, yeah, I really think I would. And then he asked me the second question. He said, if, if you were to stand before God and he asked you why he should let you in, why would you, what, what answer would you give him? And this was my answer, true, true, true to form. I said, because I'm better than my brother. (laughs) And it was telling about what I thought about religion and God that I viewed that my life just needed to be on ahead of the averages, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. I just need to be batting better than most of the other people Mm -hmm. on the team. Mm -hmm. I didn't have to actually do more than that. I just need to be better. And, uh, And my friend was so gracious and he shared with me the reality of my own depravity. He shared with me the fact that I was separated from God. He shared with me that Christ had paid all of the penalty for my sin and that the only thing I could do was believe. Mm. I love, and you know, in John chapter nine, Jesus is having a a discussion with the disciples Mm -hmm. and and, and one of the disciples asked this question, Lord, what is the work that God requires? And of course, you know the answer. Yeah. Jesus said, the work is to believe. Mm-hmm. To which I think the disciples would have said, well, that's not much of a work. And Jesus would have said, yeah, that's the point. That's the point. I've already done all the heavy lifting. Mm-hmm. And the only thing that's left is for you to trust mm-hmm. in me as Savior. And mm-hmm. I put my faith in Christ. Mm-hmm. So if I'm out here today in the audience and I'm going, man, I'm struggling. My family's not doing as good. We've gone through some trials. Uh, I know the word. I've, I've even, I've, I understand Mark, the unexpected king. I know it but I'm just kind of not feeling the joy. What would you say to me out there in the audience today, David? Yeah, I, I would say a couple of things. I would say, first of all, I would say no Jesus, mm. no Jesus. If somebody would have asked me, just like the answer I gave to my yeah. friend, do you, you know, when they said, do you think you'd go to heaven? They were, they were in a sense that were asking, do you know Jesus? Mm-hmm. And my answer was, yeah, but it, it wasn't an honest answer. I really didn't know. There you go. Do you know Jesus? Mm. And if you don't know Jesus, you probably know somebody who knows Jesus and you just need to say to them, listen, I, I don't know God like you know God. Would you, would you tell me, would you tell me what is this Jesus that you know? And, and for the person that maybe they know Jesus, they placed their faith in Christ when they were 17 or 27 or some other time in life. Um, I would say our joy, and, and, and you've learned this and I've learned this through the struggles in life, our joy is not found in our circumstances. Yeah. That's a terrible place to find right. joy. Uh, nobody was joyful in COVID because right. of COVID. Yeah. Joy is ultimately found not found in circumstances. It's found in a person, a mm-hmm. king, who is greater mm-hmm. and more sufficient than our circumstances. Well said, my friend. I appreciate that. And you guys out there in the audience today, man, I want you to uh, go get that book online, The Unexpected King. 
in the Gospel of Mark. That's right. It's Got a, a lot it's a of daily devotional, daily a sixty-day devotional. devotional on the Gospel of Mark. Be phenomenal for you guys, and and just look David up, man. I tell you what, he's a great man who loves God and has great words for us to hear. Hey, thank you for tuning in, and we hope that we're scratched some itches that you guys are, are need need scratched. And so we thank you for joining us. Hey, may you have the greatest day ever. God bless. Bye now.